this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. everybody it is sam goodman the hop nerd coming to you once again from the sunny and the beautiful phoenix arizona with another episode of the hop nerd podcast before we get started make sure you head over check out my website www.thehopnerd.com follow along with me on linkedin instagram twitter facebook shoot me a dm send me an email thehopnerd at gmail.com as i tell you every single week That is my absolute most favorite part about this entire thing is getting to hear from you folks, getting to make connections with you. So send me an email, head over to the website, use that awesome contact form, use that awesome chat feature, send me an email, shoot me a DM. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. So on today's episode, I wanted to dive into something that I find super duper interesting. And we'll just say it like this, highly successful teams seek capacity, not perfection. So let's talk about a pretty commonly used example, and that is Volvo's death-proof car, right? So most of us have have heard this, most of us have, have seen some of this, but they're basically introducing these certain lines of Volvos and saying our goal is to make sure people don't die in these Volvos. So how did Volvo get to that point? A big part of that is they shifted their definition of what safety meant to Volvo. So Volvo's definition of safety was the same as the definition of safety for most of our organizations or or what it has been. And that was that no one should wreck in a Volvo. How do we stop people from wrecking in Volvos? And part of that was really successful, right? We ended up with some really cool stuff. We ended up with stuff like adaptive cruise control, pedestrian detection, large animal detection, Auto lane assist, all these kind of cameras and and whistles and bells and stuff that tried to prevent us from crashing that Volvo. And that stuff is super handy and super helpful, but they still had a problem. People kept dying in Volvos. So they changed their definition of safety. They said, well, let's stop worrying about people wrecking Volvos. Let's actually just assume that every time they pull one of our vehicles out of the driveway, they're going to go out and they're going to try to wreck it. They're going to try to kill themselves. Let's assume a 100% chance of failure and start that or use that as our planning point. So a funny thing happens when you start to assume for failure, you actually start to plan for failure. Kind of neat, huh? You, you, your imagination kicks in and you start trying to think through all the ways that something could possibly fail. And you usually come to this conclusion that there are hundreds of bazillions of thousands of whatever types of ways that something can fail. And you have to start developing capacities or some margin uh, to allow for that failure to occur to where you can at least minimize the outcome, if not eliminate the negative outcome from the failure itself. So if you wreck in a car, are you going to get hurt? Probably, right? Right. Volvo never said you would not be limping away, you know, with, with a broke leg or with a broke arm. They're saying that they're trying to create a death-proof car. If you wreck a car, you will get hurt. I mean, that's almost a guarantee. Where Volvo is trying to get, though, 
is that they're trying to minimize that to the point where you don't die, right? To where you can wreck that Volvo and survive it. That's a huge growth from a prevention only mindset, right? The prevention stuff is still there. As we mentioned, it's still super helpful, but we're making a different assumption. We're saying that the prevention strategies that we've put into place will fail at some point. They are going to fail. Someone is going to wreck. And when they do, no matter how they get to that point of failure, no matter how things broke down, no matter how the stars aligned, how do we make sure that they survive it? So I just, I love the Volvo story because it takes into account prevention. It takes into account the margin piece or the capacity piece on the backside of that. Uh, and then we could, we could even dive into some of the middle ground of that of kind of operational driver safety, but, but we won't, right? Driving is just such a fun example to use for so much of this stuff. So let's jump into some more kind of more storytelling on capacity. And I love the example that Sidney Decker gives, and I'm going to kind of run through it really quick with you. You've probably heard it. You might've heard it in the past. I don't know but this, uh, I'll try not to butcher it too bad. So if you just search Sidney Decker on YouTube, you can find this, it's, it's in several of his talks. Uh, and basically Sidney takes us to this wild and wacky world of healthcare. He takes us to a hospital. And in the hospital in particular that he's talking about, there's basically a one in 13 chance that when you go to this hospital seeking care that you're going to leave worse than when you arrive, right? You're going to leave with the wrong body part amputated uh, if you were supposed to have something amputated at all, right? <laughs> you're gonna leave with something sewn up inside of you, you're going to leave with just serious problems that were really at the cause or excuse me, at the hand of those folks that are supposed to be caring for you. So as with most organizations, this hospital was very invested into that one out of 13, right? They focused heavily on the one. They dug really deep into that to find out why. Uh, and what they found, right, they took a lot of time investigating this stuff, and they found that in all these cases that there was human error, there was guidelines not followed, there was procedure violations, there was communication failures, there was miscalculations, it was all this bad, nasty, people-y stuff. And that was the cause, right? That was the cause. So uh, as with most organizations, when we find that to be our cause, we declare war on that stuff. How do we fix people, right? How do we stop human error? How do we make sure people follow the guidelines? How do we make sure people don't violate the procedure? And they've done that for, you know, over and over and over and over, right? Uh, after a while, uh, you know, as these researchers uh, were examining this, they said, well, what about the other 12? Have you taken time to examine the other 12, the 12 cases uh, that went right? And of course, the answer was, no, we haven't. Those don't seem that important to us. Right? So, and there's a greater story here in and around investigating success that we'll cover another day, which I think is super critical or super interesting to talk about. Uh, but again, for another day. So they dove into this and what do you think they found in those other 12? exactly the same stuff, right? In the cases of, his, of success, they found the same things. They found human error. They found guidelines not followed. There was violations. People broke the rules. There was communication failures. There was miscalculations. There was all of that bad, nasty, people-y stuff still present in successful outcomes. So what's the difference? Is it, is it just luck? Is it just uh, dumb luck? I don't think so, right? And let's get back to changing that definition of safety as we mentioned with Volvo. Volvo shifted their definition, right? And let's let's continue that shift here. The distinction between success and failure is in the presence of positive capacities. It's not in the absence of negatives. So these super highly successful groups 
had developed capacities, capacities in which they could absorb kind of the bad, nasty, not so great stuff, right? They had developed capacity, they had built margin, and that allowed them for when that when a human error did occur, they could usually absorb that with little to no consequence. When someone did miscommunicate or there was a miscalculation, they could absorb that, catch that, minimize the consequence. Um, in this particular study, they found several kind of key areas uh, that, that, that were present in super highly successful groups or key capacities. Uh, one of those was the ability to stop and challenge. You know, everybody, everybody had that ability. Um, it's not the same thing as stop work. Don't get me started on stop work. That's a, that's a safety moment or a hop hop minute for, for another day. You'll get to hear my rant on that. Um, another capacity is that past success was not taken as a guarantee, right? That And that led them to keep this discussion on risk alive and well. So they kept the discussion on risk alive and well, and the past success was not taken for a guarantee. Uh, they also had a huge diversity of opinions, right? So in, with, the, for, with, with that diversity of opinion, you have a lot of dissenting voices. You have people that are willing to stop, challenge, right? They, they're not taking past successes as a guarantee. They're keeping the discussion on risk alive and well, and you got people coming at it from a lot of different angles. And you can just see how that builds up into creating a highly successful team. Okay, so you see how this is coming together, right? You, you, you see where I'm going with this. And both of those examples, we move beyond prevention. We move beyond perfection, right? We moved beyond just seeking a zero. When we moved beyond that, we understood that bad things can, will happen. They're going to happen, right? And that allowed us to focus on capacity. That allowed us to focus on building in a little bit of margin, right? Which is super important, giving ourselves room to fail with very little, if any, consequence, right? How do, how do we create that environment? So again, that's kind of the whole point of where I'm going with this is highly successful, highly reliable teams. They do not focus on perfection. They do not focus on zero. They do not focus on the absence of negatives. They focus heavily, heavily, and probably solely from what I've seen on the presence of positive capacities, on the presence of margin, on the presence of all those kind of capacities that we just talked about, because they know that's how you build better outcomes. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Am I crazy? Am I insane? Did I get it right? Did I get it wrong? Like it, love it, gotta have it type of thing? You tell me. Send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com. Contact me through the website. I've got that handy-dandy chat feature, that really cool contact form. Head over to, uh, to the social media accounts, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Shoot me a DM. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, I can't say that enough. I want to hear from you. I love talking to you folks. Get, give me a call. I'll talk to you on the phone. <laughs> I just, I, I, again, the conversation is the super duper fun, amazing part uh, of this for me because I truly believe through these conversations that that is how we come together to make the world a better place to work. So this is Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, signing off. Until next time, bye everybody, bye. <laughs>